diabetes mellitus salient points to remember and role of homeopathy now these are two different things two separate things but these two things are interconnected it's a metabolic disease syndrome that requires right medical diagnosis treatment and lifestyle challenges or changes now this metabolism is a catch point so just remember this keyword metabolism because i will relate these keywords towards the end of my presentation so one keyword which i would like to tell you right now is metabolism so it's a metabolic disease syndrome now when when we talk of syndrome it's not one disease symptom or sign it's a complex now the second keyword is complex so first keyword i gave you metabolic metabolism the second is complex fine now that requires right medical diagnosis treatment and lifestyle changes moving further a bit of um, you can say theoretical knowledge that it's established multi-system and challenging syndrome yes it's a challenge challenge as a physician challenge as a patient so it is attributed to various risk factors that include lifestyle stress genetic predisposition it's prevalent in almost every part of the world now and now once thought to be a disease of sedentary origin it is now one of the most common endocrine disorder prevalent amongst every strata gender and ethnicity it's an endocrine syndrome characterized by the persistent hyperglycemia now the third point which we can discuss later in our presentation if we have time or if we, the time is extended that the next keyword is hyperglycemia persistent hyperglycemia now it results either from the inadequate secretion of the insulin or an inadequate response of the target cells to the insulin or a combination now let us learn let us understand what exactly it means type 1 diabetes type 1 diabetes means the pancreas is having decreased insulin in the blood vessels that results in increased glucose due to low insulin and the muscles are unable to use glucose due to low insulin level and on the left hand side you can see the glycogen and protein breakdown causing ketoacidosis on the right if you see the screen and your figure the pancreas is having sufficient insulin secreted to the bloodstream the increase there is increased glucose in the bloodstream but muscles are unable to use that glucose because of insulin resistance and these resistance can be because of obesity inheritance other factors which lead to insulin resistance now two point you can see on your screen right now the insulin resistance risk factors what are the risk factors we all know it is genetic usually family history we ask patient do you have sugar in your family do you have diabetes mellitus in your family 90% of the population nowadays would say yes either their parents or grandparents or uncles or aunts from maternal or paternal side someone or the other should be having diabetes now you can imagine your family history i think 90% of us sitting here would have that diabetes history in our family and this is a fact you think yourself ki bua ko hai chacha ko hai dadi ko hai dada ko hai parents grandparents kahin na kahin ye risk factors jo hain genetic mein aapke aa chuke now this is becoming a stigma stigma we will talk later when we come to homeopathy increasing age altered food habit sedentary lifestyle obesity and lack of physical activity now i have written two things together the obesity and lack of physical activity 
one challenge to us as physician whether we are homeopaths allopaths ayurvedic physician naturopath whatever we are as doctor we are having this type of challenge with us the type of presentation the accidental versus routine diagnosis a patient came to us he doctor sahab i am having these symptoms okay get the routine investigation done and the patient was found to have diabetes mellitus mm. it's a routine diagnosis patient undertook one package nowadays we all take packages health packages and you know underwent investigation for early detection that's good the patient found to have that so my hb1c is 7 my sugar is my blood sugar levels are 160 plus mm. the accidental diagnosis the patient does not have any symptom that diagnosis is accidental in your clinic when you diagnose it is routine diagnosis so these are two type of the diagnosis for diabetes and i would say for every disease we are encountering nowadays for example for hypothyroidism that is my preferred area of discussion for uh, many of the webinars now catch point it means the, yes our population is alert our population is responsible for diagnosis they underwent diagnosis when we advise them to so that is why in urban areas it is easy to detect the diabetes whether it is by accidental diagnosis or it is by routine diagnosis symptoms you talk of symptoms vague symptoms the classical symptom now this classical word is another catch point i would like to tell you the classical symptom the classical symptoms of diabetes may be polyphagia that is increased appetite polydipsia increased thirst polyuria increased urination weight loss fatigue but in majority of the patient symptoms are variable in presentations i am sure most of the practicing doctors here irrespective of their pathy would have experienced that nowadays there are no definitive symptoms being presented to you yes so majority of us we know that when our patient comes to us he may not be presenting the classical symptoms so this classical symptom only come when the patient has advanced to a higher stage the staging of disease has advanced but because we are living in metro cities we are living in urban areas early detection and treatment whether it is self medication or physician medication i'll come to that part later it is readily available for example if someone has fever the first thing he you know goes to a chemist and have the otc okay fine i would i would like to have an antipyretic maybe a crocin or maybe paracetamol and the symptoms are reduced the mask whatever because he has access to that over the counter medication now this applies to diabetes also okay so the symptoms are variable in presentation and many a time the, the patients are diagnosed on routine investigation now we have talk of this routine diagnosis and accidental diagnosis because the symptoms are non specific and trivial so it is always a suspicion now the next clinical tip always have a suspicion for even common symptoms common presenting symptoms for example let's say lethargy let's say lethargy people are talking lethargy and weakness in majority of the cases you would agree to me that you would find the vitamin d deficiency and hypothyroidism mm. it is very common 
earlier we used to think okay fine um, you may be working hard or you may be you know having this kind of thing so you would have lethargy or weakness but if that lethargy or weakness is out of proportion of your clinic clinical logic now every one of us as a practicing doctor has one clinical logic if that thing is not fitting to our clinical logic go for the investigation for our knowledge sake i have categorized the most common presentations or most common symptoms of type 1 type 2 diabetes on your left you can see type 1 diabetes the frequent urination unusual thirst extreme hunger unusual weight loss and extreme fatigue and irritability in a child less than in an adult less than 21 or in a child below 14 if these are the symptoms do advise the diabetes profile straight away these are very common symptoms in kids having insulin dependent diabetes mellitus juvenile diabetes which is nowadays becoming very common in india because of genetics because of eating habits because of stress the stress is the direct stress or the imbibed stress now imbibed stress we all know we take it from outside whatever is going in news the diabetes is increasing the peoples are dying in hospital we are imbibing that stress somewhere so that is actually creating a trouble for these small kids for type 2 diabetes frequent urine uh, frequent infections very common patient especially female they come to you sir i have the recurrent tendencies for utis urinary tract infection cuts and bruises that are slow to heal tingling and numbness in the hands and feet recurring skin gum or bladder infections now these are most common uh, symptoms you can find out in diabetic patients and you should go for the full diabetes profile quickly coming to the next stop the complications yes the complications challenge but yes this challenge must be accepted now first line the complications of diabetes are far less common and less severe in people who have well controlled blood sugar levels this is a fact and this will always remain a fact that prevention is better than cure if you have a control the complications would be low on the lower side better the control lower is the risk of complication just for the sake of information the acute complications may be diabetic ketoacidosis hypoglycemia amputation the patient is well in front of you and after two hours you heard that patient got hospitalized and when they they found that the sugar was on high side the major chronic complications of diabetic may be diabetic retinopathy diabetic neuropathy diabetic nephropathy and cardiovascular accidents developing tingling in your toes and your diabetic and your sugar is not controlled despite having the medication because you are not controlling it this is a start this may be the start of neuropathy this may this is irreversible in majority of the patients it can only be controlled it can only be avoided but once it has set in there is no u-turn once the kidneys damages there is no u-turn so please for complication part just clarify your patient clarify your family members i have seen some you know patients and family members being adamant no it is only sugar we will take tablet and we will you know get it done mm. we are not going to have a routine eye checkup they say like this 
so if your physician do advise your patient for the routine eye checkup for a kft maybe once a year but yes it, it it should be done that if we have a tight control of sugar you know reduce the risk of complication then follow the prescribed diet the patient is healthy lead a healthy and vibrant life but if there is poor control blindness heart disease kidney disease impotence amputation these are the bitter truths of diabetes nowadays diagnosis and investigation important point should take around few minutes because this is something which we should be aware and which the patient should be aware of now it is based on the clinical presentation and biochemical investigation it is all patient present to you with the symptoms you suspect that advice test done the test are blood sugar fasting and pp random blood sugar glycated hemoglobin hb1c serum insulin level others may be liver function test lipid profile kidney function test eye examination in addition the specific tests are also done depending on symptoms and signs we all know these tests random blood sugar because it is easy to get it done now imagine why it is the common because the patient is corporate the patient is going on a job the patient is an employee the patient is a businessman the patient is a student whatever we all have our morning commitments with us and the random sugar is something okay fine uh, sir i got it done in the evening sir i got it done in the afternoon because i can't go to the lab in morning i can't be empty stomach till 9 o'clock in the morning so that my sample can be collected so what i did i got my blood sugar random now it is 160 am normal most common myth don't do that especially with your patients don't do that don't rely on the blood sugar random completely because this can be this can misguide complete uh, case completely hb1c the most underrated and you know misunderstood test i would say why because you know patient comes to me sir i got my hb1c done okay fine done it is 6 it is 7 let's say after 15 days sir you advise me to get go for the blood sugar fasting and pp i got my hb1c done again hmm have i asked you to get it done get it repeated no it's a myth that it is for diagnosis but rather it is for prognosis all of you this is a clinical tip the glycated hemoglobin is more of a prognostic value than of a diagnostic value because hmm. it gives you accumulative 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 range of blood sugar in your blood over the time over 3 months so before 3 months if you are repeating hb1c it is just waste of money and energy on a part of patient now we have to look into this aspect also it's a bitter like uh, aspect but yes if you go to a village or if you go to a you know population or a investigations still are something which the patient does not prefer because of monetary issues get whatever done is necessary hb1c before 3 months is not necessary at all give medication for 3 months or whatever you are calling patient on on that frequency but this should be done every 3 months serum insulin level yes if you are damn sure about that insulin resistance is there you can get done but usually usually it is not that frequently indicated or advised now one thing which i advise to my patient because uh, many of you may agree with me that 
at four instances you can get your blood sugar levels done one is fasting pp yes you were fasting for 8 to 10 hours since night and you got it done in the morning after having full meal for one and a half hour after one and a half hour you got the post parenteral done second instance can be pre lunch and post lunch third instance can be pre dinner and post dinner and the fourth instance can be at 4 am in the morning when the diurnal variation of insulin is the maximum now why these four instances because they will give you the graph at which time the blood sugar of the patient is dipping and going high this may help you to decide about the insulin dosage in many of the patients okay glycated hb get it done every after 3 months no need to get it repeated too frequently goals of medication think is as if we are seeing a patient the patient came to us we should have a disease knowledge we discuss that the patient presented with the symptom we listen to that the patient narrated everything and we advise certain medication we did that now we are following this webinar as a, as if this webinar is a patient of us of diabetes so we learned about the diabetes we learned about the symptom we kept in mind the complications which might set in and we advise certain investigation now medication because whenever a patient comes to you you should medicate that patient or you should manage that patient so these let us learn the goals of medication nip normalcy of blood sugar the most important thing improvement in the overall health and prevention of complication this nip is basically a goal for diabetes medication people call it from um, many names i have you know put it like nip because i i found it interesting to write like this it's nip now for many of the patient majority of the patient the normalcy of blood sugar level is the only thing they are only concerned that i have taken my tablet i have taken my patent medication i have taken my insulin shot and my blood sugar level has come down now i can eat whatever i want to i'm not concerned with the things i don't want to exercise i don't want to follow the diet because sir what to do i take tablet and everything is normal for them the normalcy of blood sugar level short term normalcy is the only thing but they don't know that the blood sugar levels when they go high they do harm your body and this would be evident with the increasing age so in a patient nip should be followed for each patient and it is not difficult to follow these are some of the common levels of blood sugar fasting as per the american diabetes association and international diabetes federation which applies almost everywhere in the world so we can take a norm, have a look for example fasting we say that it should be less than 110 for ada it should be 70 to 99 for non diabetic and for idf it should be less than 100 now few days back patient came to me that sir uh, my sugar levels are fasting sugar levels are 90 okay the lab report the lab report says that the upper range is 100 mm. the next moment that the patient got this test done from another lab and the level was 102 the patient was in anxiety sir i have developed diabetes my fasting sugar levels are 102 i said okay send me the report when i saw 
this report this lab has the normal limit upper limit as 110 so please make sure in your patient in your relatives in your uh, family members to see what is the normal range for that patient 102 was normal because the upper range was 110 but from the previous lab report since the upper range was 100 so this 102 was higher on higher side okay so normal range is of the report also to be seen and yes for indian population we try to kept it less than 100 even if someone has little fast uh, fasting sugar little beyond 100 always cross check it because that can be pre-diabetes that can be a normal lab error because intra-assay and inter-assay variation can be there five percent intra-assay and inter-assay variation for example if you say that 100 is my mark point so 95 to 105 can be a normal scenario it means the person person with 95 would be a normal and the person would 105 would also be normal because of the 5% intra-assay variation. So don't jump to the diagnosis quickly. I've seen many of the, you know, elite physician uh, making this mistake, especially for the thyroid and uh, diabetes medication. One report, one altered report and the medicine is started, which is wrong. Which is wrong on the patient part. Always get it cross-checked. Maybe after a day, after two days, after three days, whatever, but that should be cross-checked. For two hours, postperendial, less than 140. I do agree that it should be less than 140 for non-diabetic and less than 180 for diabetic. If your patient is diabetic, he has that limit extension that, okay, even if your sugar is 160, 170, it is a good control. Obviously, it should be below 140 as typical perfect normal but if even if it is less than 180 it is good control so this is something a part of education you provide to the patient because the more clarification you give to the patient the easy would be the life of patient and the patient would stick to you because you have clarity what to treat the patient has clarity what i am going to be treated for hba1c i do agree it should be less than six for indian population now, oral hypoglycemic and insulin preparation, it's a major challenge and a confusion that exists in general population as well as in physicians also, whether to take the oral hypoglycemics or you start with insulin or whatever. Now, it's a common practice to start the oral hypoglycemic drugs in initial stages. This is started when the oral drugs fail to achieve. Now, something, again, uh, you wanted to have one mobile phone of a good you know company that company import was banned so you took mobile phone of another company you wanted to have a certain mobile phone of certain you know uh, features that model was discontinued you were forced to purchase the another mobile so again in body when the oral drugs fail to achieve there is lack of compliance patient there are fulminant pathological changes. You suspect that the patient would go into change, pathological changes very soon. On when there are side effects of oral drugs, insulin preparations are advised. Now they are directly injected into the bloodstream. We all know I'm not going to go into very detail, but the insulin preparation and units are decided by the physician, keeping in mind the blood sugar level, age, 
complications etc so for the patients i would advise do not take insulin shots for longer without your physician's advice because they can create a hypoglycemic state more easily because i have seen patient keep on taking the oral hypoglycemic drugs or insulin without monitoring their blood sugar level even they keep on taking okay sir sir advise me to take 14 shots in the morning and 14 shots in the evening or four shots in the morning and four shots at the night and i'm taking it for 5 5 years no it's an experiment which blocks the road to recovery it should be controlled under supervision you should get the basic indices the blood sugar random and pp also fasting and pp done at times random can also be done if you are taking the oral hypoglycemics and insulin and it is equally important to know which kind of medication you are taking which kind of insulin preparation you take because there are many insulin preparations that may end up in acute hypoglycemia now everyone wants to have that rocket insulin to dip the sugar just like anything not every patient can handle the hemolog insulin preparations because they will dip down your sugar very fast so in some patient in some old age patient the sustained release you must have uh, you know learned from few of the medication the sr sustained released medication the sr medications are something of cycle but they give you consistent results so don't go for the faster or the fastest you may be needing a slow insulin preparation hypoglycemia can be life threatening to treat we should have a simple presence of mind because prevention is better than cure now it is advised to take sufficient food with the anti diabetic medication because of chances of sudden fall in blood sugar levels because they dip down very quickly if the, if the insulin is very fast acting if you have not taken the sugar you may end up into hypoglycemic state here always remember the rule of 15 when the blood sugar level falls beyond 70 15 g of carbohydrates every 15 minutes till the sugar comes to normal now these things half cup of orange juice one tablespoon of honey or syrup one tablespoon of sugar or five small sugar cubes they all have closely 15 g of carbohydrate chocolate even or any any sugar candy that can be given to the patient if the, you're suspecting hypoglycemia the patient is sitting in front of you and uh, suddenly he got dizzy and he fainted you know that patient is diabetic the patient is old age the chances that he is having a hypoglycemic state management simple four thumb rules education the dm and its outcome must be taught to the patient in simple language because that simple language is going to connect you with the patient because see patient has not or learned diabetes over the time the patient is presenting you the common things and he should be taught in that common terminology so it's our duty as a physician to use simple language to make the patient educated understanding understand that these what you, what you are trying to elicit from the patient what patient is expecting out of you what is the history what is the environment that you have you are giving best of the medication the patient is not responding because because patient is not understanding that he has to do the management the patient regularly key you know eats junk food from the outside 
nowadays it is so common it is so easily available participation in health activities and treatment if you are following a patient honestly for example the patient is saying i can't go to brisk walk because there is too much of smoke outside this is a common challenge ask the patient to do little skipping at home ask the patient to do little squats at home ask the patient to do little push ups at home that is physical activity even if even if the patient is you know uh, doing 10 minutes push up at home or 10 minutes skipping at home it is equal to 40 40 minutes of walk uh, avoid smoking control elevated cholesterol level reduce obesity all these things we all know by heart so i am not going to go into detail save eyes kidneys and nerves specific restriction of sugar is not necessary it's a myth it's a balance i have never asked a patient to stop sugar but i have always asked the patient to refrain from sugars from simple sugar and to have a balanced diet they should be able to metabolize if they are exercising their body metabolizes sugar reduce the amount of simple sugar and refined carbohydrate because they quickly increase the blood sugar levels but if the complex carbohydrate is there body needs time and energy to break that and this lead to slower release of glucose rather than a you know a jump release it's a slow release even if someone is having a fruit that fruit sugar is a complex sugar that will take time to get absorbed assimilated and metabolized in the body now this metabolism i was talking in the beginning this metabolism is important if you can improve the metabolism of your patient by means of diet and exercise half of the thing are is done improve the metabolism give him the complex carbohydrate to consume ask him to refrain the simple carbohydrates a diabetic may consult a dietitian for specific and customized guidelines nowadays it is very important and it is very easy to uh, consult a you know a dietitian so always go to a dietitian for specific diabetic diet exercises they give contraction to the muscle they decrease the pancreas burden they consume the fat they give a psychological boost we all know the benefits of exercise the crux is that the exercise improves the metabolism coming to the end part the role of homeopathy in diabetes as a uh, matter of discussion the homeopathic medicines directly act on nervous system thereby stimulate the immune system they stimulate the pancreas function and release of quality pancreas secretion and at the same time improve the uptake and metabolism at the cellular level why i am stressing this point many a time patient ask you doctor sir can i take homeopathy along with my regular diabetic medications i tell them yes because the root of administration and the root of action of both are separate they are not going to have a side effect or interaction at a common level they are not going to have that interaction their root of administration the root of action is entirely different so you can take that the homeopathic treatment of diabetes is divided into three major part now as a myth that you know some pe- people claim everything they treat some people say that they cure, can cure everything i do not agree i agree to these three points that homeopathy like every other medical science can do these three things if the stages are initial 
the constitutional treatment or the specific art to control and to cure in some case the blood sugar levels and this is usually given for a few weeks to few months few weeks you cannot expect magic from a diabetic patient and you should not you know claim or you should not tell them okay fine i'll cure you in two weeks it is absurdity but if the patient is detected at an initial stage yes there are chances of cure in some case but in majority of the cases there is a good control and less of the complication developed stages specific medication to control the blood sugar levels usually given for few months to years because the stages stages developed and the patient has gone too far the medicines have to be continued for few months complicated cases specific medicines repeated too often and given for years yes it's a fact because the pathology cannot be reversed but progression can be checked and this progression can only be checked if we have that patient for longer duration of time so these are three things we all should expect as a home path in diabetes the initial stage yes we can cure it we can treat it we can control it we can lessen the complications developed stages yes the complications can be controlled the stage can be checked for further progression complicated yes we can give something which can improve the immunity of the patient so that the quality of life can be improved this is what we call as add on therapy now it's a research has been done it is being undertaken and we know that homeopathic medicines can be given with other conventional medications as add on therapy and we only ask the patient to maintain a gap of few minutes between the different medications to be on safer side and the key point here remains to treat holistically and to keep a regular check on the blood sugar levels and psyche of the patient now as a common myth uh, the mother tinctures are not always superior to potencies many a time patients over the counter and you know otcs they ask for the tincture that tincture is the strongest potency no it depends on a situation it depends even the dilutions even the trituration different preparations in homeopathy can have a good clinical outcome in a patient and they should not should not be taken as self medication it's a common practice but it should be discouraged at each and every level they should consult their physician they should consult their doctors even if they are going to take it for long it should be with consent and supervision so takeaway message the treatment of diabetes is biphasic it must involve the person to be treated and the treating physician it's not always that i am treating the my, my patient is indifferent and i am going to cure diabetes no it is the equal responsibility of the physician and equal responsibility of the patient so it's a biphasic phenomena diet lifestyle exercise and medication should be started as early as possible regular monitoring can help prevent many complications self experimentation and self medication should be discouraged so with this we are formally winding up the today's talk 